Data Doyen. I'm Dr. Pauline Hoffman. I'm your podcast hostess. I'm joined by my producer, Mr. Bryce Murphy. Greetings, everyone. Bryce also wrote and recorded the podcast music. This podcast is for the data nerd and the data nervous. All are welcome. So welcome back to our listeners. We're so happy that you're here. And Bryce and I were just talking before we started recording that this is the first time it'll be the two of us recording without a guest in about a month and a half. It's been it's been a minute couple minutes. Even. Yeah. So it was weird for me today because I'm thinking, okay, do I need to have questions for guests? But not really. And this week's theme and even next week's theme are not data heavy at all. They're more explanatory before we get into data after, well, in November, because we have a very special October planned. Yeah, we do. I'm excited for those. Yes. Those are going to be and as some a note, spooky, spectacular episodes. Yes. It's Spooktober. Is Spooktober. that a thing? Yeah. I don't know. It's Is a that thing a thing now? Oh, it is? Okay. Hashtag Spooktober. Actually, I'm not sure that that's a thing. We can make it a thing. We can make it a thing. So I'm going to be putting together a survey. So hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you can go to our social media. Or if you don't listen to the podcast, you just go to the social media, then you hear this after. I'm going to put a survey together that I would love people to take about all things spooky. So our plan in October is to have one week we're talking about ghosts and spirits. And I don't mean like whiskey. So ghosts and other spirits. We'll also talk about cryptids, which would be like your Sasquatch and Yeti and other unexplained critters or unidentified critters. We'll have a week about fairies and fantasies, so fables and different things that, you know, don't necessarily fall under the cryptid category. And then bringing us into Halloween, we'll talk about witches and Halloween. So that's my week. I'm ready for that. I'm excited. Sounds like fun. Ahead of that, though, this week's theme is systems and system theory. And I know everybody is sitting on the edge of their seat because they're saying, that sounds so exciting. There's... I don't know what that means yet. I'm I'm here with the listeners. I will be answering your questions, representing, representing. those of us who don't. Know I know what's I should have given on. you I should have given you a heads up to I've give you no some briefing. homework. No, actually, no I'm just talking about... And you can't even cheat because there is no data this week. Really, it's more. I've been wanting to talk about systems theory for a while because it will lead into so many of the other things that we will talk about particularly related to COVID and particularly related to whatever the new normal, and I'm using air quotes around new normal, whatever that looks like. And uh, essentially systems theory, and I don't even know who formulated it. If it's someone who put it together, it's just one of those things that I've been teaching forever. So shamefully, I suppose I should look that up. But before I get into systems theory, though, I did want to revisit why I wanted to start this podcast, because that'll be relevant in terms of talking about systems theory. So we've been doing this for six months. Can you believe that? Yeah, that is pretty crazy. First of all, I'm impressed that I've been keeping this going for this long. Yeah, I always when I'm when I'm going to post the episodes, I always like I go on to anchor and I'm like, what number of episodes is this? Wow, 22. Okay, wow, we've done this for 22 weeks. I'm impressed yeah. you've put up with me for this long. <laughs> That's good. I'm so happy you have. So thank you for that. Um, so I'm proud of us. I'm proud of our listeners for hanging on and for telling people because I think you know our listenership has been growing. We're not at three million yet, although we're we're getting closer than we were like last week. We've been steady. We've been steady. Do you so have a thank favorite? thank you to our yeah. listeners that have been with us for the past six months. It feels like it's flown I by. It feels I like it's only week two. I really feel that way. Like, I don't feel like we've been doing this for that long. Yeah. In a very good way. I feel like in a good way. Do you have a favorite episode? Favorite episode? Generations was a fun one. That was I, fun. I, I liked the National Park Week and hearing Zhao Ning's stories about her. We'll have to have her back. I mean, she had she very colorful stories. She was yes. great. I enjoyed it. It sounded rehearsed, but it 
we know that it wasn't. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was I was nervous. And it was like, wow, that was amazing. Like, it sounded like I'd a like story you when you're book. not nervous, then, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. if that's nervous, then we're, we're yeah. all set for when you're not <laughs> nervous. No, I definitely want to have her back. Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I think the Dairy Month was a favorite, because that was just, just campy and fun. Yeah, that was a fun one. We got a lot of good puns in. We did. That's I think that's nice. I did like the National Parks, too. That was a lot of fun as well. So we yeah. have had some really good episodes. Please, uh, you know, take a listen to some of the episodes, and I always value your feedback. So I, but I started this podcast because I love science and I love data, and I was really, in, I was very concerned with our lack of science and reason, or our seeming abandonment of science and reason over the last handful of years, and I wanted an outlet that would allow me to use my skills in a way that I thought would be educational and entertaining, and that I happened upon Bryce is just serendipitous. Yeah, I just had podcast skills, and here I am. Six and months. Motor, and, and improvisational skills, because... Clearly. Like today, this is not the first time where Pauline has her data ready for me, and I'm going to spring a bunch of questions on it. Because that's what I'm always pretty good at. Like, I can be presented, and actually... I was just doing my research for psychology, and I read, like, one sentence of the, the study, and then I had, like, ten questions before I can, like, read the next sentence. Perfect. And That's so what that... we like to see in a student. I like that. I like that. Well, then I'm also like, what am I looking for? Because then I, I always have follow-up questions, and I never, I can't get to the bottom of it. I need to bring you to my classes and have you tell my students that. Uh, but, I mean, we have complementary skills, and I love it. I mean, I think we work pretty well together. And, you know, I've met your family. You've met my family. Yeah. We've eaten at each other's house. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, it's fun. You're my data nervist. You're the data nervous to my data nerd. That is correct. I mean, that's pretty good. Summation. That sounded really cheesy, but that's, well, that's, our, but thing. that's our thing data, <laughs> data, for the data nerd and the data nervous. So I do worry, though, that when people first see Data Doyen or they see a podcast about data, that they're going to think it's data dull. How about that? Data dull. Data dull. No, it's not. Tell people it's not. All of our listeners, you have to share that. So this is, but I'm also doing something else. You ready for what else I want to do? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm here. <laughs> uh, so we'll get into systems theory in a second because I presented that. You're all wondering what it is, but now you've got to listen to what I'm doing with my life. So, I still don't know what it is yet, so I'm on the edge of my seat. You're on the with edge, you guys. Exactly. So I, well, you know that I have a PhD. So I have like the bachelor's, I have the master's, I have the PhD, and I thought I'm going to get another master's degree because who doesn't do this, right? People do this. Just no. collect them. Just right. Got to catch them all. Because we didn't go I over have that some either. space. <laughs> I did what? I said got to catch them all. Yeah, there you go. I uh I have extra space on my wall in my office, so I figure another degree. But I'm not going to do that. I was going to get one in data analytics, and I thought I could probably teach some of the classes in data analytics, but there was a gentleman I saw online who essentially put together an entire curriculum that would really be like a master's degree in data analytics, but with all the free classes that are out online. So I'm going to oh. teach myself Python because you should learn how to program in Python, or R is another one that I saw that you should learn. So I'm going to teach myself coding, so I'll be able to cull our own data for Data Doyen. How exciting. Wow. I mean, I have the statistical knowledge, so I'm not necessarily worried about that. But then, boy, look out, because... Data Doyen will be able to consult it. So that's what my plan is. That's what I'm doing next. To be a data consultant? Sure. Why not? Oh, and by the way, have you read that podcasts are growing in Cuba? All right. Cuba, the country, not Cuba, New York, <laughs> which is up the road from where we are. Well, then we need to tap into that. Exactly. Too. <laughs> so <laughs> so not only, not only am I going to be learning more about data, because I'm not an expert. I mean, yes, I call myself Data Doyen, but I know what I don't know as well as what I do know. So that is there's a wise piece. Always room for learning. Always Got to stay learning. curious and not 
You can't. Nobody knows everything. And you didn't even cheat and see that. I wrote I that. Didn't. Always I remain mic- curious. Really? Always remain curious. I That's exactly it. what I said. I read it psychically, not with my eyes. You did. And that'll be part of what we talk about in October, so come back that'll for that. That'll be fun. And I need to say one thing, too, before we get into Before the I finally get into systems theory. theory. If you made it this far, you see... This is this is more my speed. We're not we're flying from the seat of our pants. We haven't even gotten into the data yet, and we're we're this far in. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I was sending Pauline the the first revision of the podcast after I edited it, and I she said, "Oh, there's this one little blip of static noise. Can you cut this out?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I'm not a Pokemon trainer. I guess I didn't catch them all." Oh right, and you never told me what that is. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so what is a Pokemon trainer? So for those of you who are millennial Gen Z, you know what I'm talking about, and thank you for laughing at my joke. But and for those of you who are old like like me, I think the best thing I could do is to play the Pokemon theme song. Oh dear God. On the podcast, and so I'm just gonna play the theme song because I think okay. that'll just explain it better and for you to just oh are there words know. on the song I need to yes. listen to okay so it's about gotta catch them all is that the refrain okay listen listeners listen so this is the Pokemon here theme it comes song. here it is. It's a TV show. It's not just a video game. That's the theme song. I'm going to kick your ass because you know I'm going to be driving home after recording this and I'm going to be <laughs> having that song is going to be in my head. It's going to be an earworm. So. Well, you know, when I was a little kid, they didn't have the skip function on VHS as a Pokemon like they do on Netflix now. So right. So you had to listen I said, to this. No, I didn't have to sit through it. I jammed out to it. And when I now Pokemon's on Netflix, I don't skip the intro when I watch it. I listen to it every time <laughs> because it's electric. It's fabulous. So the goal now, of a Pokemon trainer is to catch them all. Okay, very good. And okay. so that was my pun. I didn't catch all the errors. I'm not a Pokemon trainer. I didn't catch them all. Okay, now I get it. After now you're you up thoroughly explained it to me, because I didn't get it just from listening to that. <laughs> but now that yeah, you've see, they walked throw me the through, to catch okay, them, all right. Their Pokemon are in the wild. When you're playing the video game, you walk through tall grass, and that's when Pokemon, wild Pokemon will appear. They'll be like, oh, a wild Pikachu has appeared, and you have to fight him and then throw a Pokeball at him, and sometimes you can catch him. And would you like to see how I bring that around to systems theory? Will you be impressed uh, yes. if I do? <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do it right now because I have to explain systems theory first, but okay. you remind me. I just wrote it down so that I will remember to say, here's how we can bring the Pokemon and the training around to systems theory. Yeah. Uh, and it's clear I don't have children because if I had children, I'd probably know what this was too. Yeah, that's so true. I have no idea what any of this is. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, that's okay. Right. difference. Because my mom knows Pokemon because she remembers the annoying theme song here right. a million times. 
when I watched it. Yes, my sister tells me about some of these annoying things that she would have to, that she had to listen to with the kids, and it's one of the reasons I'm glad I never had children, because my dogs don't require that. I don't need to turn the TV on. There's nothing that they, I mean, other than the Amish that drive them crazy, I think it's the horse, there's no problem. So let's get into systems theory. All right. Okay. So this theory is used in any number of fields. I mean, I've used it certainly in uh, communication. You can use it in the sciences and other social sciences. It's essentially everything is interconnected. So it's the theory of everything all connected together. So if you think about a system being parts that are interlinked so that a change in one part induces a change in another part, that's what we're talking about essentially with systems theory. So some systems... Um, may monitor the environment and alter their operations based on this, and those are called open systems and others do not. And theoretically, you could have a closed system, but I would argue that any time really in nature, exist. I don't even know how that would exist. Yeah, there's no real isolated systems. So I can't, and I can't even say that if, if you operate in a vacuum because you still have, there's some inputs or outputs, I have to believe too. So. Yeah. Everything is interacting with everything else. So you may not realize all of the factors that go into your system, but once you take a look at different textbooks or you realize the different measurements that you, if you, if you really take a look at a system, and this is where I'll challenge you and me, um, we'll talk about you know, what are the unintended consequences if you unleash a particular measure? You know, what are the intended consequences? Can you truly know all the parts that are in your system no. and how they interact? So I have a couple of diagrams that I use in my classes that I'll post on Can the... Can I cheat now? Yeah, that I post on the website okay. that you'll be able to see. So um, you can think about an organization, like a regular company organization. An organizational chart would in- give you an indication of what your system is like within that organization. You can also think, if you think of like an ecosystem, you know, what's involved in, let's say, like a coral reef system. You yeah. know, all of the inputs and outputs and so on. But then you can also think, too, another graphic that I have that this one is as old as the hills, uh, but I still use it because it still makes sense. So if you think about uh, now this particular graphic, uh, it's taking a look at the number of people who live in a city. So it's essentially like an urban system. And what are the inputs and outputs related to just garbage? If you think about garbage and sanitation, and that's just one piece of a system. I mean, think about think about a city, all of the different inputs and outputs in a city. So if you have, as the number of people in your city grow, the amount of garbage is going to grow. I mean, that makes sense. And the number of bacteria is probably going to grow. The number of diseases, you know, might, might grow based on that, you know. So there are different things that you can take a look at. And I like these examples because it shows you how the system essentially works. So now let's talk about a couple systems. And uh, I could say I could say that, you know, the two of us, here we are, we have an educational system, but it's also like a bit of a generational system too. So you bringing in the Pokemon, that's an input for me. So now I'm learning from your system. How about that? How about <laughs> <Yeah>. that? <laughs> yeah. Are you impressed with it? Uh, maybe I'll bring a Pokemon again. And I, if I use it incorrectly, you have to tell me because I don't know. I really know nothing about it. And it was a movie though too, wasn't it? In so addition it, to yeah, there. I don't know okay. what came. I don't know if the TV show came first. I think the. I think it was a video game first, or maybe it was. I think it was a video I kind of learned about them all in tandem. Or was it something? Is this they like, just is existed. This like a, they existed before I existed. But is this is this considered like the Japanese anime or no? Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Pokemon okay. is considered an anime. Okay, yeah, all right. Is that where it originated in Japan? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. Okay. In, I think it's apparently I part do know of something. Nintendo. Also, it was on Nintendo games. It was on Game Boys. 
you know, the Nintendo. So think about that proliferation of that from Japan to the U.S. There we go. That's a system. So now we've got... Yeah. So there's really no... Pokemon infiltrating the world. Yeah. It's such a Let's talk thing. about the Nintendo system as a system. <laughs> Let's not, because I have nothing to contribute oh, to that. Oh, that's funny, too, because Nintendo is a gaming system. It is a system, yes. Console. So, I mean, so you were you were thinking, I don't know what systems theory is, but now that I've said this, I've, you know exactly what yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it, it even, what it makes, reminds me of is, like, in, in Buddhism or in Eastern traditions, like, the idea of, like, the om, like, the oneness of the universe, how everything is connected, mm-hmm. all life force is, like... Or like like Taoism or like animism, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like there's life flowing through everything. Like the tree is not separate from the ground or from the other plants next to it. The forest, the trees are all connected to the earth. All their roots are in the same earth and there's fungi that are there's nitrogen cycles there. There's a million systems that are all just that's life all flowing through together. Absolutely. So I I, that's I, exactly. I think about systems theory on more of like a metaphysical like nature spiritual level that i think about a lot actually but i don't call it systems theory and right open and closed systems it's just like it's the whole all... web of everything and mm-hmm. i think about like that too like a web or like a network a web is a, a web and a network are great ways to look at it too so i'll look at communication networks and you know if i was to actually visualize that it would look like a huge web and i've done that in organizations i've taken okay like who's speaking with whom and how strong is that connection? And there are pro- computer programs out there that you're able to determine that based on, I mean, if, you're an organi- if your organization uses email heavily or Slack heavily or whatever, whatever communication tools they're using, you can take a look at, for example, the number of messages that maybe you and I are sending each other via text, and that would be considered a strong connection versus me communicating with some other student that I might yeah. only talk to once a semester. Um, and then you can get a feel for how often that is, where are they in the in the university, for example, or where are they in the organization. It's so interesting. The only thing with that is that unless you have some sort of content analysis software that's going to analyze those messages, you don't necessarily know if the message is related to work or, I mean, I could have been texting you like, hey, what time is happy hour? Yeah. Um, <laughs> which in theory, it's you're not nine, supposed to do at nine. Oh, that's way too late. Um, <laughs> It would be an unhappy hour for me at 9 p.m. If you, uh, you're not supposed to be doing that at work. You're not supposed to be emailing about happy hour at work, although people do use, you know. What if you work at a bar? Uh, well, then if happy you work hour, at a bar, it's pretty important to know when, when the It is, but you're start. probably not emailing, maybe, I'm guessing. No. <laughs> just shouting down to yeah. the next person. Actually, you're or probably, putting it on social media. That's you are putting it on social media. Of communication. That's a huge system. And that's something else, too, now with the proliferation of all of these technologies. And we're going to get into this next week. We'll talk about this, too, because next week I have a really super fun topic, just like systems theory. But you mentioned the interconnected of everything. I wrote down religion as a system. Yeah. Politics as a system. Your family. Think about your family dynamics and the inputs that are coming in that determine, you know, how people behave or even, you know, your brother gets married. So, okay, now here's an in-law. I think also that's interesting because I think the biggest question of system theory is, like, where do you designate one system versus being part of another larger system? So, like, for family, for instance, your nuclear family, just your, your parents and if you have any siblings, is one system... And then you could say anything outside of that would be input to that system. But if you think about your family as like a larger, all your relatives, which in Arabic actually there's two different words for family or like relatives, and I don't remember the word for it because I haven't been studying, but <laughs> I think usra is family, 
Yeah, I hope it is. And you didn't say a bad word. Small, okay. And I don't remember. I think Atleti is that would be my family, like all of my relatives versus mm-hmm. my family, my one little unit. Mm-hmm. Forgive my pronunciation or. For, uh, if we have anybody who speaks Arabic who's listening. If Father listening. Michael's listening, I'll have, to, I'll have to get him into our system. There, Actually, he'd make an interesting guest. We should get him in Yeah, there. that would be fun. And he's we really should. passionate about his studies, which oh, is, is why he's I love awesome, his classes. Gentleman too, and yeah. so that would be a yeah, treat. That would yeah, be actually. a treat. There's so many people we could talk to, and we will, who would be a huge treat. And we'll have some people coming because back. Because we're all connected. We are all connected. Listen to you, <laughs> Mr. System. We are all connected. But if you think about, too, an ecosystem, and I like that you, you asked that question, like how can you separate one system from another? So one of the things I, I like to talk about is, you know, if you think about a coral reef, now they're nowhere near us. I mean, we're outside of Buffalo, New York. There is no coral reef near us. Yeah. So you think, well, who cares if the bleaching of the coral reefs are happening in Australia, if the Great Barrier Reef is? I mean, so... Hey, we're on the same planet we yes we should get the care. same air i actually <laughs> i actually dated a guy a hundred years ago who asked me because i've always been passionate about this and and the interconnectedness of things and how we all what we do the butterfly effect essentially yeah, like if you yeah, kill a butterfly here like that has impact that has an impact yeah and he said what do we care if we kill all the whales i mean that we stopped dating shortly thereafter because <laughs> i thought are you joking but here i am trying to explain to him and i'm sure i drew a diagram because i probably would have at the time you know, this is, we're all interconnected. And while you may not ever see a whale, the you, the world keeps itself in a really nice balance. Like our, nature is pretty good at creating its own equilibrium. And we come in and we upset the apple cart, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway. Us humans, we just take whatever we want. I was um, I was eating breakfast this morning on, on my your patio. Porch. On my on patio. patio? Okay. Um, and I had oatmeal with honey in it. And then there was a bee that was like floating around me. And I was like, yeah, I know, I have your honey. Like, I wasn't like, get away, bee. Like, I was like, I know why you're here. Here's the honey. I put it off to the side. And I was like, thank you. I spoke to the bee. Um, Say what you will about that. But that was like, here I am, a human. I just take whatever I want from nature because I think it's beneficial to me. And maybe that's my role. Maybe it's not. Maybe I could just eat whatever. But I think that's about that in systems theory, too. Like, Oh, you wait till this week's arts. Eating uh, more plants versus eating more like meat or animal products like I think that has an effect like different systems because you are what you eat like if you're running on all plants then you're mostly from the earth rather than eating from other animals and that's something to consider too I mean the impact that we've had because you know before humans came along uh, well as we know it today it was very much maybe a hunting gathering society much that you would see from animals themselves right Mm -hmm. because they're hunting or they're gathering if they're you know picking if koala's eating uh, uh, eucalyptus or whatever it's doing um you know and then here we come along and we essentially use agriculture on the land and we raise the animals and we talked about this in dairy month too so again one of my favorite episodes the dairy month episode like what impact are is our raising of dairy cows having on the environment and everything is connected so you cannot say that any that what we're doing whether we think it's good or it's bad doesn't have an impact and i need to get someone on here to talk about recycling too because we think we're doing such a good thing but there are some arguments that okay well depending on how you're recycling or what it is you're recycling it might actually be worse than if you you know chose a different product so so many different things um yeah i mean so there we go so here we are talking systems and systems are all of these things uh, we have a system, you know, and, and so 
the other thing that I think too, particularly during COVID is how everything was really upended. Our whole system was upended and how us not being able to do certain things was really good for other systems or other members of the yeah, system. Yeah. You know, so us not commuting as much, first of all, it reduced some of the greenhouse gas emissions. So we were actually helping the environment. COVID actually helped the environment to a point. Um, but then it also had this incredible impact on the supply chain. And I remember a li- one of our listeners early on had posted something on Instagram asking us to take a look at or asking us about the shortages, particularly, I mean, I think her question was about the shortage of truck drivers. And now what are we seeing? People are back to school. Everywhere I look, it's, we're missing bus drivers. Mm-hmm. Can you please, anyone would want to be a bus driver? I actually thought about it. I'm like, I'll go ride a bus. I'll go drive a bus. <laughs> yeah. I don't like children enough. Maybe that's the point. I should probably do it because I don't recall ever having a bus driver who was... I think it's fond of kids, but so maybe that's a prerequisite. So I might be all set, but you know, everything just works, works together like that. And the supply chain, as I mentioned, the supply chain has been greatly impacted. And I've been following this because it's so interesting to me how, you know, there was a sort of push to, you know, keep everything in America by American. And I am all for supporting your neighbors and supporting American, but to suggest that you could do that exclusively, I think is rather naive because things come from everywhere. Yeah. And I think that's something we need to we need to keep in mind. So I did see and I've got a couple of I I don't have data data but I do have a couple of articles that I reference. Um one is the impact of COVID-19 on globalization. Uh and again, globalization is essentially a big systems theory. It's all of us working together. Uh and I'll post the link to this. It was in the Harvard Business Review has a couple, has an article that I'll reference that's really good, too, that it noted all of the differences or all of the uh, effects that COVID-19 has had on our system. So here's been a huge shock to the system. So international trade, investment, and travel took a huge nosedive, and I think we've all seen that. Investments took a nosedive. Oh, our technological shifts, too, and public opinion. I mean, now, when we saw that in the Great Resignation the last two weeks, that people now... They don't want to go back to the office. Because they don't have to. They don't have to. Or why should they? If they haven't for so long and everything's gone as as it's been going. (laughs) And then think about this. Who does that impact? If I don't go back to the office, then you don't need to have physical office space. So when you take a look at some of these... real estate Some of these large cities are really impacted by this. I mean, I keep reading about New York City, but pick another city. It could be Chicago. It could be Miami. I mean, pick... Any number of large cities that have been maybe not Miami because it's in Florida and they haven't nothing's closed down there. But uh, in you know New York City, not only are people who own real estate, commercial real estate, in trouble because now companies are either not renewing their leases or they're really cutting back. They don't need two floors. Maybe they just need one floor of your office building. But then think about the impact of other things there too. The coffee shop you went to in the morning to get your coffee because you were on your way to work, you're not going there anymore because yeah. you can do that at home. So so many of these small little restaurants or and the little tolls food trucks. On the highway exactly. if you're commuting, that so, town is getting less money and then those people are getting laid off potentially. And well, they don't the even have toll workers anymore. So that right. would be right. Well in the retail too, you know, so I've been reading that, you know, a lot of different stores retail has, are just has been dying before COVID too, just because online shopping is Right. But then if you talk about, like, I don't need to go to my drugstore at noontime, you know, because I need to get Advil or something, I'm at home, so it's, you know, I'm not running and doing that. So that's had an impact. So many things are affected. So when you think, okay, well, big deal, I'm just staying at home, that should be helpful. Well, think about all of the other little pieces of that system that have been impacted by this. 
And I just find that fascinating. I don't know if that's just me, but I I just think that thinking about that and the fact that all of my actions have an equal and opposite reaction, and that's Newton's third law. Your actions have an equal and opposite. For everything, there is an equal and opposite reaction. So thinking about not just, I mean, we were just talking about office space, but our healthcare industry. I mean, holy crap. Yeah, there's so many pieces to that that are... That, nauseating. <laughs> that have been completely upended yeah. with this. You have, uh, I mentioned the supply chain, at food and agriculture. If you if you recall, when the pandemic first started, I know it was hard to get certain things. And I think some restaurants still have a hard time. I mean, when I go now to buy a chicken breast, I'm paying a good 50 cents more a pound, which is insane, yeah. right? And if you yeah, order groceries. chicken wings, I don't know if you've gone out to order chicken wings, yep. they've got this upcharge. Yeah, they up are charge. more expensive. There was a wing shortage, and now they're just staying at more expensive, so people aren't ordering doubles or, or buckets of wings anymore because 10 wings is I, not $10. <laughs> and even travel. Think about how that has impacted folks, too. I mean, if you have an Airbnb, or if you have a hotel, or if you have your business is related to travel, if you're doing a tour, or what you know, whatever you're doing, that's been completely upended too. It's just everything has been shifted. And it's so interesting because I was trying to figure out, and we'll talk about this again next week, so I'll mention it, you know, what was going to upend higher education or education? And boy, has the pandemic really done that to a point. And we see it too. And I think we're going to start to see it, you know, when you take a look at that whole system, you're going to start to see it within education. How many people are going to be going to college to get a degree in education because they want to teach? If this pandemic has taught us anything, it's that, (laughs) boy, teachers are really underappreciated and they're not paid as much. And look at the hell I feel like they've gone through. So this also appeals to me because some of the research that I do, particularly related to conflict, deals with the whole system, but also a safety and numbers concept as well as power. So I'm looking now at organizations that the it's really an employee's market as we talked about the last two weeks but looking at organizations that now the employees are either unionizing or they're talking about going on strike and so now you've got more people getting together so they're really safety in numbers Mm -hmm. and they're overpowering those in power so they're kind of taking over the power so I, I, the, one of the reasons I did want to have the conversation about systems theory is because it really does drive pretty much any of the other conversations I think we'll have. And it's already, you know, I probably should have done this one of the first podcasts because <laughs> it would relate to the Great Resignation. It would relate to our conversation about COVID that we had with, you know, Zhao Ning. It would relate to pretty much any of the conversations. So I'm glad we're talking about it now, but, you know, we'll be bringing this back around when in the future when we have conversations about, because I really want to dig deep into particularly the economics and I want to dig into some of the unionization in the employees market because that really is fascinating to me in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, when you have the Starbucks workers in Buffalo who are starting, you know, want to start a union, I think yeah. that's really that is pretty amazing that's fascinating to me and then also i mean geez in buffalo too and it's not just in buffalo it just happens that's where we are that you know we have uh, one of our healthcare systems the nurses are threatening to go on strike and in fact their union voted to strike should they decide they're going to do that but you know and then you think of the that as a system well what happens if the nurses go on strike well these organizations have a whole backup plan you know of people that they'd bring in then to help man uh, or help uh, staff the organization. So, oh, everything connected. That's the takeaway. So, would you like to know what the arse is this week? Yeah, let's 
you probably had no away. idea. So let me tell you, we had an incident on the homestead. Really? What we, happened? Right. You know we have bees, right? Oh, jeez. We had a bear. No shit. <laughs> like a cartoon? <laughs> like a cartoon. I'm not kidding. So The bear came and ate your honey? Is that what happened? Well, here's well, here's the thing. So my husband says, so when you were talking about honey earlier, I'm like, really? You brought up honey and I'm going to talk honey, about... I think I, honey is an integral part of my system. I'll say that. I'll tell you, well... And actually the ecosystem as a whole and bees are it is. huge. And that's why I think honey is great. So as much as I'd like to go hurt this bear, and I don't mean that because I think bears, and we, actually we can't, so please don't think I'm going to go shoot a bear. I'm not going to do that. But I was mad because, it, it. well, we have two hives and it just got one hive. Amen. Okay, so I'm fine with it just getting one hive. So we went and cleaned it up yesterday and I tasted some of the honey. So delicious. So delicious. And we're harvesting it Can you blame this the weekend. bear? No. Well... <laughs> Well, hang on with just one second. So my <laughs> husband gets up this morning and he calls me and he says, it got into it again. So tonight I have to, when I leave you here, I've got to go put my buzzmat suit on and put the hive back together. <laughs> and then he's getting some electric fencing to put around because that's generally what you do to deter the bear. Here's the thing though. It's a misnomer that bears go into your hives for honey. Oh, it is. So that's the so arbitrary, that's the arbitrary random stat, the arse this week. So, we had a bear ransack one of our hives, as I've said, twice. And um, you know, I mean, you've seen where our hives are in relation to the house, too. So that a bear is that close scares me a little bit because they're not far from the chickens. And if the dogs were out, you know, that, that scares me a little yeah. bit. But, and we'll talk about this in more detail if we ever finally get my bee friend on. But bears really aren't interested in the honey. I mean, will they eat the honey to get to what they truly want? Yes, because it's kind of in the way, but they're interested in the propolis, which is like the pupae, the larvae, and the eggs, because that's oh. where the protein is. <laughs> that's pretty I mean, funny. think about it. If <laughs> honey would make you sick, if you ate a hive of honey, you'd be ill. Like, that bear would still be in my backyard, like... If you ate all the honey? If you ate all the honey. Yeah, well, so what he's interested in, though, is the pupae, the larvae, and the eggs. Eating so it's a misnomer that they the go protein, after, huh? right? Yeah. So, but they dive into the hive to get that, and there's probably some honey. Or and something. they would have to get to the hunt. They have to get through honey yeah. to get to some of that. So are they eating some of the honey? So probably. They, they got honey glazed. <laughs> They've got honey glazed larvae. About larvae, yeah. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want honey glazed? I mean, yeah, that sounds. If I was a bear, that actually sounds better than. Than just the honey. There's, than, not, there's no. Than just eggs and things. Honey is like a little power up. Sweetener gives you a buzz. Mm-hmm. No pun. Well, that's the thing. That's listen, to, listen to that. I love it. Oh, I should have worn my B shirt today. I mean, think about. It. I'm saving my B shirt. I'm wearing my B shirt in spirit. There, okay. Because I had my honey this morning. I was wearing a B shirt earlier, but that's that works. That's good enough. That, that's fine. So um, that that's what they'll do. So and they also they do get stung. I mean, because the ba- the bears will go in there, but it's worth it. So but what they, don't they even do, care, yeah. they don't care because afterwards, what they'll do is when they leave, they shake and it, they, like, you know, like they would if they were full of water, and essentially the bees like go a big away. Dog. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what happens. Now and that's they, nature, baby. They're all connected. Look at that. You tried to have a closed system of your own beehive on your farm, and you couldn't help but be interconnected with the bear that wandered off. Have you ever seen a bear in your yard before that? No, but you know, it's we but know found, that it's he found it. Well, a friend of mine came to visit around my birthday and said that a bear, he was a couple miles south of our house and a bear ran across the street. Wow. So we know they're there and we know that they're up in the hill. So now that I know this bear is that close, I won't even, I'm afraid to take the dogs up the hill for a walk, which I normally do. So oh, I'm geez. not going to be doing that because I don't want to be 
attacked by a bear, nor do I want the dogs to be attacked by a bear. I don't want to have that as one of the podcast episodes. But I did say, I was actually mad at my husband because now it's getting close to hunting season. So he has this, those cameras that are activated by motion sensor. Mm -hmm. So it takes those pictures that are really creepy looking of like the deer (laughs) and things. And I said, why don't you put that camera out by the hive so we can capture this bear on the camera? But he's already got it. Identify him as a wanted bear. Exactly. But to be fair, if he's that close to us and this camera's up on the hill, we may be capturing this bear anyway. So who can say? But that's that's what happens. The bear is not really interested. So did you see the bear? No, we did not. But you assume they're bear well, tracks? Well, given the damage, there's nothing else that was doing that. Maybe it was a cryptid up in the woods. It could, Maybe Sasquatch. Could have been Sasquatch. Could have been Sasquatch. Because I thought, is or it a, a raccoon? Or a forest fairy. Well, no, or, I don't know that a forest fairy can do that kind of damage. Well, maybe not a forest fairy, but maybe some other forest spirit. There could be. I mean, a bear we'll is get a into forest that. spirit if you it subscribe is. to that. But but it could be another cryptid. We'll figure that out during our, during our October podcast. Who knows what lurks in those woods? We don't know what lurks up there, and now I'm afraid to go in them because I'm afraid well, you're I'll be assuming eaten. it was an animal. What are you suggesting? That it was some sort of spirit now? Yes. Or a cryptid, Sasquatch type. I don't want I mean, to did you that. look? Did you do some forensic? It was like they was, it was ransacked. I did Only not do forensics. Did, I just did, you, did you look for bear tracks? That would have been I did my not first look for bear tracks. I did not look for bear tracks. Although now, because I have to go home after we record these podcasts, and I'm going to take a look because I, I think to put the, the first thing together. is tracks, and you could even probably follow the tracks back to the woods, which I'm not going to do. But you I, could at correct. least identify the tracks online pretty okay. easily and determine whether it was okay. a bear and probably what type of bear. Well, around here, it's probably a brown bear. Yeah. Yeah. It better not be Sasquatch. Well, and it was to, only one hive. That's why I'm like, why are you only after one hive? And it was the same one again today. I'm like, you cleaned it out yesterday. Did it get stung too many times, or did it say, oh, I've had I my fill? I don't think it cares. I don't know. Maybe that was just the. Or the maybe one that it's I just like a poltergeist that just wants to get into my hives. I don't know. We don't know. See, we need know. the camera. I'll tell my husband. But I had a bee on my patio have... that he was pretty calm. He wasn't. He was just. I think he smelled mm-hmm. the honey and he thought, hey, maybe I can hang out here. And I set it down. I said, yep, that's the honey. I didn't shoo him away. There you go. And I even thanked him. Our dogs eat the bees. They eat Bryce will bees. eat. He'll go in a tag. Bryce and Maverick, and they'll eat. Yeah, and we think that Maverick gets stung, but he's kind of stupid. He doesn't even care. He, I don't think he's that bright sometimes. But, right, they do that. Anyway, that's that's our podcast for this week. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to my producer, Bryce Murphy, who also wrote and recorded the show music. Logo designed by Liam McGurl. For more information and to access the data discussed on this week's episode, visit datadoyen.com. Also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Links are on the website. If you like this podcast, tell all of your nerdy friends and have them tune in. Podcasts drop on Thursdays and all materials are available on the website by Tuesday of the same week. This podcast is a production of Ratchet Boy Records. Listen to Ratchet Salon on all streaming platforms everywhere you find music. This podcast is sponsored by Wild Mountain Botanicals, Tippy Homestead, the Sparkworks Studio, and Dog Nanny Originals. To sponsor, send me an email, send me a message on the website. Thank you.